for your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Yes, we are back. You are back. Thanks for being back. Into a Monday we go. It's good to see your back, especially after seeing your front. It kind of sucks working a five-day week. Mm-hmm. Not used to that. <laughs> Last week was so nice. Well, we don't have a union, so what are we going to do? Uh, I guess. I guess maybe next time I uh, do my contract, I can say, "Hey, I um, uh, only want to work four-day weeks. Don't give me a raise. Just give me a four-day week." I, mean, mm-hmm. I think I would be happy. With you, that. you wouldn't be the first partner I've had that did that. <laughs> did Paul J only work four days a week? Mm-hmm. There, in the last couple of years. Wow. Lucky guy. Although, if I didn't work uh, five days a week, coming back to a Monday, I wouldn't get to talk about what is turning out to be the most amazing NFL playoff football season, uh, at least in memory, and maybe ever. I am really glad I didn't have any money on the games this weekend, because I would have gone 0 for 4. <laughs> That's why you don't bet. I know. Or you don't bet very much. Or um, You are correct, though. I don't bet very much, and for that very reason. The first weekend, I thought, were, was absolutely fantastic. And then uh, the second weekend actually just absolutely blew up the first weekend yeah, as far okay. as great games. You, you saw a little bit of everything. You, you saw a, a 24-point comeback, almost. Mm-hmm. Fall just short because Tampa Bay. somebody didn't hear the play call on the uh, second-to-last play of the game for Tampa Bay. And uh, then you saw a massive amount of points scored in the final four minutes of the Kansas City. Yeah, well, just the final, basically about the last two to two and a half minutes, there were 25 points that yeah. were scored. I, I mean, it, it's just absolutely amazing when it comes down to what teams can do uh, when it comes to desperation time, and, and it's pretty funny because uh, sitting there talking to someone, 13 seconds left, and Buffalo goes up, and they said, oh, game's over. And I said, mm-hmm. no, it's not. And they said, there's only thir- what are they, can they do in 13 seconds? I said, if they had 13 seconds and no timeouts, I'd agree with you. But the fact that they, they have, have what, three 13 timeouts? seconds yeah. and three timeouts, that's a lot of time for a uh, great NFL offense, and sure enough, Proved to fruition. The one thing, though, that really sticks out to me, and and I'm curious what everybody thinks here. I get it during the season. I don't like the overtime in the NFL. I, I don't like it. No. They, they fixed it a little bit better by saying, hey, at least you have to score a touchdown before the game is over a few yeah. years ago. It used to be that uh, whatever team had the ball first, if they could get a field goal, that was it. That was the end of the game. Yeah. And so it was Which very was really unfair. It was very important to get the coin toss right. And there's no strategy with the coin toss because it's either going to be heads or tails. Yeah. Now, if you look at the data, it's still a huge, huge advantage to get to win the twin coin toss, mm-hmm. even though you have to score a touchdown to end the game. And, Which and I the get Chiefs it did. During the season, um, you don't want a game to sit there and be played, you know six, seven, eight quarters, which, you know, if, if, if it goes back and forth like that, that it could possibly be. And, and during a 17-game season, that's just really hard on, on NFL players' bodies. Yeah. But in the playoffs, after you've played 17 games, you've gotten to the playoffs, it just seems wrong to not give the team that gets the ball first a chance to score if the or, other team does. Or, or the other, yeah. That gets the ball second, you mean? Yeah. yeah. It, it, just, it just does not seem fair after that long, that hard to play, that great a play in a playoff game that you just end the game because 
oh, that team got the coin tossed, so the game's over. Well, and a couple of years ago, they did change it to uh, where, you know, the, the first team with the ball, you can't win on a field goal because if you kick a field goal, the other yeah. team gets a chance to have the ball. Yeah, that's what we However, said. if you score a touchdown, the game is now over. And I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't like it, but I'm fine with that during the regular season. Yeah. The, the playoffs, they need to do something else. They need to do something else you, for you the Super the, Bowl and the playoffs. Do you think the pros should have a system like college and No, I hate, high the, college, school I hate the college and high school they, playoff they put system, the, too. I mean, when they first started that, they put the ball at the 10, and you had to score a touchdown. Uh, now they put the ball at the 25, and you, you have to get first downs, but you have to yeah. ultimately score a touchdown. Yeah, I, I, I don't like that. And I, and I get why, because same reason. You, you, can't, you don't want the team starting, sitting there playing, you know, Six eight yeah. quarters of a game. It's just too tough of a a, a game to play with with that you know that much time going. And, and starting with the third, starting with the third uh, overtime try, uh, you no longer can kick an extra point. You have to go for two. Yeah, I just I just don't like the fact that you you sit there and you watch that great a game and it comes down to a coin flip. Yeah, you know if you're going to go come down to a coin flip, just cl- flip the coin and say, hey, you won, you won the <laughs> coin flip. I mean, seriously, it's like if you're going to be if it's going to be. And maybe I, maybe I, I'm by myself in thinking here. Two zero eight three three six thirty seven hundred pound six seventy on your Verizon wireless. What do you think? Uh, go ahead and uh, share your thoughts this morning. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, as a person who doesn't like Aaron Rodgers, glad to see they're out of the playoffs. But once again, there was a game that, even though not a lot of points were scored, a lot of drama. There was a lot of drama in that game. <laughs> drama, Rama. You got you got blocked kicks. You got blocked field goals. Returned for touchdowns. That makes the uh, entire difference in the game. And then, of course, the uh, Rams-Tampa Bay game. Looked like that game was, for all intents and purposes, basically over with a 27-3 lead. I learned my lesson on that years ago when uh, there was a game, what was it, uh, Houston and Buffalo, and I think Houston led 35-3 to at halftime. And so I left. You know, I went and ran some errands and did some things and came back and uh, Buffalo had won forty one thirty eight. That was one of the Frank Wright games, you know. Yeah, and believe it or not, uh, apparently um, the Rams were able to hold on, even though Tampa Bay made a furious comeback because of blown uh, play call by some players on Tampa Bay that was supposed to be an all out blitz, and apparently some of the players didn't get that call and <laughs> didn't all out blitz and left Cooper Cup wide open, which Cooper Cup maybe this year the best wide receiver in the NFL, mm-hmm. and, and you're sitting there going, how did Cooper Cup get that wide open that far down the field? Well, that, well, start if you with get the, a blown play yeah, call, that, that's what happens. Start with the fact that he's pretty good at getting wide open anyway. Yeah. Um, but, man, there's a guy you just you just don't <laughs> let go one-on-one. If you're going to get beat, get beat by somebody who doesn't catch near as good as him, for crying out loud. But... <laughs> Sets us up now. Um, we'll see if they can keep it rolling um, in the uh, championship weekend coming up. Man, they're going to be hard-pressed to get as good a games this weekend as they had uh, the first two weekends. And then after next weekend, of course, the Super Bowl will be set. Lots of sports to talk about this morning, including uh, BSU basketball. So we're going to talk about here with this first update on sports, brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Wonder what uh, is really good at Fat Guys Fresh Deli? Why don't you uh, take a look at their menu before you head in? Uh, and, that's, my, and that's the list of stuff that's really good. Yeah, give you a, a extra incentive to head there for lunch today. Go to fatguysfreshdeli.com. Good morning. 
The NFL certainly fun to watch over the weekend, but the big story here in Boise involving sports has everything to do with the men's basketball team. The Broncos have won 12 straight games, and they win this latest game in unbelievable style with all defense in a 42-39 win at San Diego State. Marcus Shaver had his second game-winning shot this week, this time with 30 seconds left at San Diego State. The win kept the Broncos in first place at 6-0 in the Mountain West. Freshman Tyson Degenhart led the team with 14 points and talked about why they've won 12 in a row. We're really resilient. Uh, we don't let it much phase us, you know. I think we're up 11 with like 10 minutes left, and they rattled off a little like 13 over run. We knew we were going to still win this game. We had a lot of confidence in because we've been in these situations. We're in it. At Utah State, I mean, you can go down the list of our win streak. We've been in those kind of situations, and we just trusted each other to make the right plays, and Shave hit another clutch three. The Broncos will host the other remaining unbeaten team in the conference, Wyoming, tomorrow at 7. The winner will be alone in first place. Bob Beeler, News Talk, KBOI. There were, of course, some other contests in the Mountain West over the weekend. On Friday night, Nevada defeated Fresno State 77-73. to also on Saturday, Colorado State over Air Force 73 to 53, UNLV a winner over San Jose State 70 to 62, Wyoming beats New Mexico 93 to 91, and then of course Boise over San Diego State. There is one game tonight as well. It'll be UNLV heading to play at San Diego State. I'm Rick Worthington. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 622, he's Chris Walton, I'm Mike Casper. Phone lines open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Did you uh, get a watch Saturday night's game, San Diego State, Boise State? Mm-hmm. It was uh, interesting uh from a defensive point of view, but uh, if you're really into scoring, this was not your night. Absolutely, completely blown away at the defense. Any team through a full NCAA game that can be held to 37 points is just absolutely amazing. Meanwhile, they were holding Boise State to only 42 points, but that's more than 37, so we're okay with that. Yeah, especially since you know it came with a a win. If you would just... Before they started their five-game and 11-day trip, um, I said to myself that if they come back three and two, that's going to be pretty good. Yeah. If they can come back four and, four and one, that's going to be about the best that I thought that they could do. Because on that five-game, five 11-day trip, four of those games were on the road, three of them in some of the toughest places to play in the Mountain West, proving they had two teams that they beat for the first time on the road since 2016. Right. Ended San Diego State's 16-game win streak. And I don't understand Boise State's foul shooting. I just don't understand. One game, they shoot about 37%, and then at San Diego State, they shoot 81%. I I don't get it. I mean, it's good. I'm not complaining. It's great, because if they didn't shoot 81%, they probably would have lost the game. What was that, like 5 for 6 or something? It it wasn't. Um, I think I think they made. Didn't uh, San Diego State only make eight. one free throw? Um, I can't remember game. the what San Diego State made free throw wise. I don't have the stats right here in front of me. Um, it, it's the first time that I can remember in the time that I've uh, been watching Boise State play San Diego State that Boise State was able for the first time ever to match San Diego State's defensive intensity. Yeah. Usually, San Diego State has one of the best defenses, and they do again this year. 
as proof that they were able to hold Boise State to uh, 42 points. But just absolutely amazing that you're able to hold a team as good as San Diego State is um, to just 37 points. Now, this sets up a huge home game tomorrow night. Wyoming will be in town. Why is it huge? The winner of this game will be in first place in the Mountain West. Boise State is first place right now. Lose, and Wyoming takes over first place. Both uh, teams are undefeated. Yeah. Oh, and San Diego State was one for five. One for five. In free throws. That was the other crazy thing. And Boise State was nine of 11. As good as the defense has played, it was was foul-free. Usually when you see that tight of defense... The, you see a lot more fouls, but even through the first half, it's like, man, these guys are playing great defense, and they're not fouling anybody, which was absolutely crazy. We've got tickets to tomorrow night's game that we're going to be giving away today. So if you want to go and uh, see one of the biggest games so far this year, uh, tomorrow night, Extra Mile Arena, stick around. We have tickets to the Wyoming game. Both teams undefeated in Mountain West play, uh, expecting a huge crowd tomorrow night. I like uh, a season where they're winning a lot because that makes every game vitally important. Boise State has not lost since November. Wow. That's that's pretty crazy. Now, granted, they've had some games postponed because of COVID, but they've made a few of those up already and still have not lost it's, it's still since good. November. Even with cancellations, it's yep. still, a good, it's yep. still a good record. When you, yeah, when you're sitting there <laughs> over two months going on three, um, it, it's crazy. So stick around for that. We'll have those tickets coming up. If you want to lock in your speed dial, you can do that right now at 208-336-3700. Remember, if you don't go to the game, there's only one place you can hear it. You can hear it here on News Talk KBOI. It will happen at 670 KBOI tomorrow night. Extra Mile Arena home game. Big home game for your chance to go. Like I said, you'll get those chance to win those tickets sometime before 10 this morning from News Talk KBOI. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through this morning, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Text message in at 208-336-3700. Said the important thing about the NFL this weekend is that Tom Brady lost. <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see if Tom Brady comes back and plays again and if Aaron Rodgers comes back and plays again. Um, and I, I know it's hard to read in right into a, a devastating loss like that, but uh, Aaron Rodgers sounded like he was done um, after the loss against San Francisco. To, to a certain extent, he sounded like he was done at the end of last year, yeah, too. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Um, but he did lead them to the number one seed in the NFC. Um, but man, his his uh, playoff record, not really good. What is he, 10 and 11 now in the playoffs? Something like that. Yeah, not, not too great. So... Um, and if he's not done in Green Bay, or not done overall, is he done in Green Bay? That's another question um, that'll be answered. Well, in yeah, the and, and again, at the end of last season, I think he wanted to be done in Green Bay and then found out there wasn't a better deal out yeah. there. By the way, after the big sell-off last week and the week before that and the week before that on the stock market, uh, Monday not looking much better. Dow futures are down 235 points as of right now, so the sell-off continues. NASDAQ officially in uh, correction territory. We'll be talking with Jeremiah Bates on the way about your money coming up in about uh, 40 minutes from right now. Also, headed to McCall today. Um, you're going to have to go through 95. Uh, Rockside over the weekend has closed, closed Highway 55 near Smith's Ferry at least through this afternoon. They'll get an update from the Idaho Transportation Department 
on whether or not that road will be open, but it is closed in both directions. The third rock slide in the past year near the wow. Rainbow Bridge. So um, they're supposed to have this all done by this fall. The expansion and uh, getting rid of some of the uh, road um, debris. rock and debris <laughs> and stuff like that um, that's been falling down on the road because it's kind of been, ever since they've started this thing, um, not really the most secure um, as can be told by the three different rock slides that we've had that have closed the roadway. But once again, through at least this afternoon, if you're having, traveling from the Treasure Valley to anywhere in uh, the Valley County area, you're going to have to go up Highway 95 because the road remains closed through at least this afternoon. We'll keep you updated here on News Talk KBOI. Stick around. As I mentioned, we still have those tickets up for grabs for you. Uh, Boise State taking on Wyoming tomorrow night. First place in the uh, Mountain West, is at stake. If you want to be there, don't go anywhere. We'll have a chance for you to win those tickets this morning sometime between now and 10 o'clock. Also a reminder, coming up just after 7 o'clock, Reverend Bill Roscoe of the Boise Rescue Mission will be uh, with us um, to put to rest some of the uh, myths and facts, maybe give us some facts on uh, Boise Rescue Mission. After talking about it last last week in the uh, campout of homeless people in downtown Boise, um, we're going to talk with him about uh, the rescue mission, um, why they have 150, or as of last week, had 150 openings while Interfaith Sanctuary was plumb full. We'll talk with him coming up here just after 7 o'clock this morning on News Talk KBOI. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. If you want to get through this morning, uh, you can also email Mike at KBY.com. Chris at KBY.com. Send us an instant message through our fan page on Facebook if you'd like, or you can text us. It's the same as our main number, 208-336-3700. One of the uh, most decorated, maybe the best ever to play at Gonzaga University, no longer allowed to go to the games this season. John Stockton has had his season tickets taken away by the university. Now, he's not vaccinated or something like that, right? Uh, he refuses to wear a mask. Oh, that's what it is, yeah. To the uh, games. Um, Stockton, one of Gonzaga's most prominent alums, confirmed the move in a Saturday interview with the Spokesman Review, basically said it came down to they were asking me to wear a mask to the games, and because I'm a public figure, someone uh, a little bit more visible than the other people who weren't wearing masks, I stuck out in the crowd. <laughs> Therefore, they received complaints. Felt like uh, from whatever, the higher-ups, those weren't discussed. But from whatever, whatever it was higher up, they were going to have to either ask me to wear a mask or they were going to suspend my tickets, unquote. Yeah. So the people in the next seats probably said, listen, we have to wear a mask. Why doesn't he? Stockton has come out against COVID-19 vaccines, mask mandates, and other protective measures. Last June, he participated in a documentary titled COVID and the Vaccine, Truth, Lies, and Misconceptions Revealed. Hmm. So he will no longer be able, which by the way, he almost never misses a Gonzaga game. He travels to uh, away games. He uh, goes to every, like I said, he has season tickets, so yeah. he goes to every uh, home game and is, you know, you can prominently see him if he's, you go to those games. Uh, he's not what you'd call poor. No, not in any way, shape, or form. I guess the good news is it's impossible to get a ticket to the Gonzaga games. 
So this will open up a couple of seats. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I don't foresee just with his take on uh, mask wearing and vaccines that he's going to go, fine, I'll wear a mask. No, I don't think so either. No. I I think with everything that he said so far, I think he'll just watch he look the, like a hypocrite. So he's not going to. He'll watch the games on TV for the rest of the season. Yeah, um, it, it'll remain to be seen because as as an alum, he also helps to raise a lot of money for Gonzaga. <laughs> yes, he does. Will he continue to do that or say I, I, I would have? I can't raise money. I don't have. I don't I, wear uh, a mask, so I can't help you raise money. I would have guessed that if they'd make one exception, it might be for John Stockton. <laughs> uh, yeah. So kind of kind of surprising there, but yeah, he will not be going to any more of the Gonzaga games the rest of the uh, year unless he goes to a game on the road where they don't require mask wearing. And I guess then he'll be able to go watch the games. I can uh, picture Carl Malone going to Louisiana Tech and saying, do I have to wear a mask? And they say, what now? <laughs> Come on down! No, it's not Mardi Gras. You don't have to wear a mask. <laughs> KVY News Time is uh, 644. Our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you're just uh, waking up, don't forget, we have tickets to tomorrow night's game. It's for first place in the Mountain West between Wyoming and Boise State. Both teams undefeated in the Mountain West. The winner will be in first place after tomorrow night. You can be there live. Lock in your speed dial right now. Be ready to call sometime before 10 this morning. We'll have a chance for you to win these tickets on Newstalk KBOI. Right now, it's time for another check on what is going on with sports this morning. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. The price to go, place to go for lunch, soup, salad, sandwich. It is soup season. Just team that up with a uh, sandwich wrap or a salad you got yourself a huge meal they're open up at 10 30 every day monday through saturday that guy's fresh telly and meridian it was a fantastic weekend if you're an nfl fan you had games on saturday as well on sunday and they were all pretty good first it was the Bengals that defeated the number one seed titans in the afc by a score of 19 to 16 a field goal at the end wins it same story for the 49ers they come from behind in the fourth quarter and defeat the Packers on the road, the other number one seed, 13 to 10. Games yesterday saw the Rams defeat the Buccaneers 30 to 27, possibly ending Tom Brady's career. And then here's how last night's game ended with the Chiefs and Bills going to overtime. 36 36 tie in overtime. Chiefs first down and goal to go. Mahomes looks to throw it. Pump faking right side. He wants it. A comeback cut. It is caught by Kelsey. Touchdown, Kansas City. One of the greatest duos in the history of the National Football League. Patrick Mahomes to Travis Kelsey on a push fade comeback. And the Chiefs have won this incredible divisional playoff game in overtime. That was the call on 106.5. The Wolf, Patrick Mahomes, threw an eight-yard touchdown pass to Travis Kelsey. For that touchdown, Chiefs outlasting the Bills 42-36 to in overtime. And that sets up our AFC and NFC matchups. Those championship games will be held uh, on Sunday next week. The uh, Bengals taking on the Chiefs and the Rams taking on the 49ers. I'm Rick Worthington. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
Last Friday, uh, as we told you, if you didn't get in early on Costa Vida's sweet deal, you were going to miss out. They sold out rather quickly. Another sweet deal coming up this week that will sell out quickly. Um, it's another sweet deal that I've taken advantage of. Absolutely love it. R&R Barbecue is our KBOI sweet deal of the week coming up this Friday morning. Another chance for you to pick up $50 worth of barbecue for only $25. R&R Barbecue is located at the Village of Meridian and also on 8th Street yeah. in downtown Boise. Two 8th locations Street, uh, up on the second level there by uh, uh, Tupelo Honey. Once again, really good barbecue. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I don't know. I guess you could have bad barbecue. I don't think I've ever had bad barbecue. Oh, but I, I have, but I've had really good barbecue <laughs> as well. Uh, R&R Barbecue, sweet deal of the week. Once again, coming up this coming Friday morning. Uh, on the way for you, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. We've got a four-pack of tickets to the Boise Golf and Travel Show coming up here in a couple of weeks at Expo Idaho. All you have to do to uh, win is be ready to call in the 8 o'clock hour and answer our question. And our question today is, how many satellites have ever been destroyed by a meteor. I know we've had a lot of movies about it happening, but how many have actually been destroyed by a meteor? If you know the answer, stick around. Coming up after 8 o'clock this morning, we'll give you a chance to answer and win those four-pack of tickets to the Boise Travel and Golf Show. Uh, Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. Need any help with your property? Uh, go ahead and give them a call, 208-888-41. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Idaho State Police can't say if or when they will evict an encampment near the Capitol, even though a spokesperson for ISP admits that camping on that property is prohibited. Protesters say they're calling attention to the plight of the homeless, even as the Interfaith Sanctuary reports that so many people are coming to them on these cold nights that they've set up their own tent outside of the shelter for overflow. 708. He's Chris Walden. I'm Mike Casper. And on the phone uh, line with us this morning, Reverend Bill Roscoe, Boise Rescue Mission. And uh, Reverend Bill, thanks for uh, taking time, a little time to talk with us this morning. Much appreciated. Well, you're very welcome. Thank you for the time on the air. I appreciate it as well. Reverend, uh, let's get first off. Uh, this story, of course, broke last week. And part of the uh, story in the uh, context was that interfaith sanctuary last weekend not this most recent weekend but the weekend before that had ended up having to turn people uh, away because of overflow yet the boise rescue mission uh, had about 150 openings across the uh, treasure valley to take people and some of the comments here on this show when we were talking about this last week um, basically made claims that uh, Boise Rescue Mission has too many rules to follow um, you know they don't you don't allow drugs or alcohol although I can't foresee how interface sanctuary would say come on in we'll let you do drugs or alcohol here um, so let's go ahead and uh, put to rest some of the myths of the gulag known as Boise Rescue Mission. (laughs) Well, I I like the way you just put that because I told someone else the other day, you know, going to the rescue mission is not at all like going to jail, although that's the way some people make it sound. (laughs) 
you know, we're, we're, uh, we're open for business. We're open to welcome people in. The rules and policies and procedures of the rescue mission are nothing exceptional. Uh, you mentioned drugs and alcohol. Uh, one of the things out in, uh, in the news these days is we won't accept anyone who's under the influence, and that's not true. Uh, if you're under the influence and you come to the rescue mission, we're going to see if you're uh, able to take care of yourself. And if, you know, if you can get up and go to the bathroom and you can sign an intake form, you're going to get a place to sleep. Now, you may not get a bed if you're totally inebriated because we're going to keep an eye on you overnight. And so you're going to be in an overflow area where my staff can easily uh, supervise uh, throughout the night and make sure people are staying on their bunk and, and behaving themselves. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, we don't tolerate racial slurs and, and uh, screaming and yelling at people. We don't if you put your hands on somebody else in a, in a violent manner, you're going to be out the door. Um, honestly, uh, the rules are pretty simple to follow by. It, it would be as if you had a guest in your home. And how would you expect that guest to behave? You know, uh, we do our very best to welcome everybody in because that's what we're here for, for crying out loud. Since 1958, we've been welcoming hope, homeless people into our buildings, and we still do. And it's just too bad that there are so many untruths out there, rumors and innuendo. And, you know, some people believe those things. So if you go to the mission, they're going to hit you over the head with a big black King James Bible and make you go to church. Well, no, we're not. You know, we have chapel service every night. And if you'd like to attend, you may. If you don't want to attend, you don't have to. It's uh, we make it as welcoming a place as it can be. It's clean. It's supervised. It's safe. Uh, the meals are good. There's showers and clothing exchange. Everything that any person experiencing homeless homelessness needs, we can provide that the minute you walk through the door. Are are there any rules that get more complaints than any other? Yeah, uh, people want to smoke wherever they want to, whenever they want to. And that's just not, you know, we just can't have that. You can't smoke in the building, period. Uh, you have to smoke in a designated smoking area. And because we want to supervise all the folks staying with us, you have to smoke at the appointed times. And we have smoke breaks set up uh, from the time you check in until bedtime at night. There are smoke breaks arranged so that people can go out and smoke. Uh, that's the biggest the biggest gripe that people have is, I want to go have one more cigarette before I go to bed. Well, I'm sorry. We, we don't have any staff to supervise you out there. We just can't open the door and let you out. Who knows what could happen, you know? And is that just your rule? or Because I know like, I, if I want to light up in a restaurant here, I can't do that or uh, a public building. Or, is that just your rule, or is that kind of a state or federal law? <laughs> well... You know, I'm not exactly sure about that. I, I know it's our rule. I don't I don't think it's mandated. However, I'll bet my insurance carrier would be very upset if I let people smoke in a dorm. <laughs> <laughs> is what the Interfaith Sanctuary does, is, is it that much different from what you do? No. Uh, in terms of shelter, I don't think so. Um, you know, they do. <clears throat> Pardon me, that morning coffee hasn't worked yet. <laughs> They, they do, uh, in some cases at least, uh, have uh, what they call families stay together, and it might be an unmarried couple, and um, we, we don't have facilities for that. Uh, you know, we have a beautiful facility for women and children over on Jefferson Street where there are beds available, and we have a, a really good shelter for men on River and 13th, and there are beds available, and it's unfortunate uh, in the case of a family that we have to separate the, the man and the woman. However, if you're homeless and you need a place to stay and you need it to be a good place, uh, we're here for you. 
And I think the biggest difference between the two agencies is we have services available to help people overcome homelessness. Uh, I mean, whatever the cause of your homelessness is, if we can't help you with our own programs and services, we know exactly who to call to help you. And that's why every year, fellas, for the last almost 10 years now, maybe it is 10 years, we have over 400 people come to the Rescue Mission Homeless, stay with us for some period of time, and then move back out into the community independent. And that's, that's a, a statistic that we, we track and verify year to year. And in fact, when we get the total number of people that checked out, we take 15% off of that number because we, we typically will see 10 to 15% of those people return. So to be honest and transparent, we just deduct 15% from that number and uh, give that number to the community every year. And I think that's pretty remarkable. <clears throat> Let's talk uh, real quickly here uh, about how you get your funding. Yeah, we need you guys to write us a check. I, I don't know if I've seen a check <laughs> well, you, from you guys. You, like, don't, you <laughs> don't count on government to give you money or tax dollars coming your way, correct? No, that's right. We, we have not and do not and will not receive any government funding, even during the pandemic and the lockdowns and the government was printing money faster than you could say hello. Uh, there was a lot of money available that the Rescue Mission could have taken advantage of, but we did not. And here's the truth of the matter. The people of this community are the most generous people on the face of the earth. And we have our needs met by the folks of this Treasure Valley and beyond who really have compassion for people experiencing homelessness and who appreciate the way that we manage our shelters and and, uh, conduct our programs and they support us in a remarkable way. And I think if there's one thing that really offends me about these camps and things that spring up by outsiders is that they, they act as if the people of this valley don't care. What's the city going to do? What's the county going to do? What's the state going to do? Well, the Rescue Mission has five shelters fully funded by the people of this Treasure Valley. And we're doing it. And folks that come with us and stay with us have a great opportunity to recover from homelessness, regardless of the cause of that homelessness. What does it cost to run one of the facilities for, say, a month or a year? <clears throat> Well, that's a good question, and I'm sitting in my living room here, and I don't have any numbers in front of me, so I'm, I'm a little bit off off uh, kilter with that question. But I can tell you our budget is about seven about seven and a half million dollars a year, and that's everything that that we do. You know, we have over 50 units of transitional living uh, in Napa and Boise. We have five shelters that run 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Uh, we serve meals uh, three times a day at those shelters. We have uh, uh, adequate staffing, professional people working in our facilities 24-7 so everybody's safe. And, and the cases are, are managed. People are managed and helped and assisted to, uh, to get out of homelessness. We have residential drug and alcohol recovery program. We have an in-house mental health care program. We have job search program. We have fantastic programs for children. The homeless people who stay with us with kids, you, you can find any one of them you want to, and there'll be one out of 100 who will be grouchy and, and angry with us. <laughs> and 99 people are going to say, boy, they took good care of my kid, I'll tell you that. So it costs a lot of money to do that. But then again, $7 million, you know, uh, for five shelters and 50 units of transitional housing and all the programs and services and meals, you break that down, it's, it's a pretty, uh, pretty good bargain. 
Reverend Bill Roscoe, Boise Rescue Mission, thanks for being with us and talking, uh, putting some of those uh, rumors and uh, myths to rest for us this morning. If somebody wants to volunteer or to uh, help you out with money, how would they go about and do that? Well, thanks for asking. And uh, Boise RM for rescuemission.org. BoiseRM.org. You can look us up online and you can make contact with us. You can sign up to volunteer and you can give. And we sure appreciate all the folks who do. And I appreciate you folks having us on the air this morning. Haven't seen you in a while. And and I really do appreciate the opportunity to tell the truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. (laughs) (laughs) Reverend Bill Roscoe, Boise Rescue Mission. Thank you for being with us this morning. God bless you guys. Have a great day. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI, Boise. 723, Jeremiah Bates with us this morning to talk about your money. And just before we get into uh, talking about the big week here on Wall Street, um, the uh, stock market sell-off continues. We're down over 300 points on the Dow this morning, ahead of the opening here in about seven minutes. Um, is any of the uh, big news uh, on Wall Street, this busy week on Wall Street, going to change any of that? Potentially. I mean, it's a big week. We're seeing much of more of the same. This Wall Street has a risk-off appetite right now, and largely this is due to the anticipation of what the what message the Fed is going to send, which their meeting is set to on Tuesday. So we're going to get information from Fed Chairman Jerome Powell on um, the likelihood of the rate of interest rates, uh, the the, the unwinding of their balance sheet. I mean, all of it. Now, the another big portion of this too is the earnings that have been released. So we have some big companies, Apple, Tesla, Microsoft, Intel, these technology titans, they're slated to report earnings this week. And this is what is way down on the market as well because the interest rate conversation has been looming over Wall Street and then we got some disappointing earnings and some disappointing forward-looking guidance. So if we get more of that this week, particularly from these mega-cap t- uh, companies, this sell-off could continue, and it's not uncommon. I mean, if we're kind of looking at the S&P 500 since 2009, looking at correction territory. Now, again, that's a drop of 10% or more, which we're looking at for the NASDAQ. Let's see, we had uh, a drop of 16%, 19%, 13%, 10%, 19%, 33%. But the market is up. S&P 500 is up 740% since March 2009. So... These corrections do happen. The market does go down. We saw a lot of stimulus. We saw some great growth over the past few years. However, this, we're seeing a little bit of a pullback. There were some high-flying valuations on these stocks. Now, if there's any uncertainty of what will affect those earnings, whether it's high interest rates or it's just dis- uh, disappointing revenue from these companies, that's going to weigh down on the stock. So it's just uh, Wall Street adjusting according- accordingly, but we could see more of this. This could be a falling knife depending on how these earnings come out, especially for these big companies because they make up so much of these broad markets, especially the S&P 500, the NASDAQ. So if that comes in disappointing, expect to see more of the same. Why is cryptocurrency doing so poorly right now? Again, it's it's that risk off appetite. I mean, it's I know a lot of the the crypto purists out there really looked at uh, the crypto digital assets as a non correlated asset, meaning it's going to perform different than what the stock market is doing. However, anytime we've seen significant dips in the market, whether it was when COVID reared its head or what we're seeing right now, we've seen crypto assets fall along with the market. So if you're looking at Bitcoin, I mean, it's dropped well under that forty thousand key mark. I think it's I like it's- a thirty. 30- 
Yeah, I think it's 30, like a 33,000. Yeah, yep, and then Ethereum is down too. So, I mean, the over the past week, I think Bitcoin is down over 20%. Ethereum is down over 30%. So, it's much of the same. People are, um, you know, Wall Street, these big investors, they're having a little bit less appetite for risk. So You need, you need they, to quit, quit making such a big deal out of it. They've only lost about a half a trillion dollars <laughs> over the last few weeks. That, that's you know, all. But, but, but the thing is, you can't be surprised. That's what cryptocurrency does. I mean, the swings on this. The I mean, if you look the, at the historical performance of Bitcoin, I mean, it was over it was over sixty five thousand dollars per uh, token at one point. So yeah. to be expected. But hey, you got to remember, stock market is a device to transfer money from the impatient to the patient. So. True, it's not great to see all this red on the screen or if you're looking at your 401ks, but hey, these corrections and these dips do happen. You, if you're putting money in your 401k or you're putting money consistently in these accounts, you're, you're buying in at the lows, which is a, a good thing. All right. Jeremiah Bates, once again, Monday through Friday at the same time every morning, plus updates throughout the day. We'll talk to you again tomorrow morning. Thanks, gents. Download the 670-KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. His 1977 debut rock opus, Bad Out of Hell, remains one of the best-selling albums of all time. Meatloaf, born Marvin Lee a day, died Thursday night with his wife Deborah at his side. That according to a post on his Facebook page, which revealed that his daughters Pearl and Amanda and close friends were with him in the past 24 hours, but didn't reveal a cause of death. Meatloaf was also an actor with roles from Fight Club to the Rocky Horror Picture Show. sold more than 100 million albums worldwide. Meatloaf was 74. So as of last week, there was no cause of death, but uh, apparently now we are finding yeah. out from the uh, family that there is a cause of death. Well, TMZ has been reporting since yesterday that Meatloaf died of COVID-19, and if he did, well, he kind of called it in one of his final interviews. He was complaining about how long COVID restrictions have gone on and referred to an attendant on a recent flight as a Nazi for making everyone put on their masks. The interviewer said, quote, oh, gosh, we're being controlled by everybody. And Meatloaf replied, yeah, I know, but not me. If I die, I die, but I'm not going to be controlled. So apparently he was not controlled. Nope. As you've no doubt heard by now, Meatloaf died Thursday at the age of 74. And it is not yet official. The uh, the family, I guess, is making a statement. Is that correct? Yeah. But it's not official that he died of COVID. But that's what TMZ seems to think. Said that, uh, from what I've been able to read, that uh, he got very, very sick just a few days before he passed away. Mm-hmm. And apparently had a positive COVID test and was in the hospital um, because of... Um, how sick there, he was, and then didn't last very long. There was an anti-vax uh, uh, protest yesterday in Washington D.C., and they were playing meatloaf music, mostly because he had said that he didn't want to be controlled like that. Might and, not have been um, a good choice, uh, considering maybe they didn't know he died from COVID <laughs> to play. Hey, let's play meatloaf. Yeah, he doesn't okay. want to be vaccinated. Yeah, he also died from COVID. And apparently. in the meantime, the Weber Grill Company stepped in. By releasing a meatloaf recipe on Friday, just a couple hours after news broke of meatloaf's death, they called it an oversight. It's really not that big of a deal because meatloaf the singer and meatloaf the recipe, not quite the same thing. No, a meatloaf, not even, uh, by the way, his his real name. So he he wasn't, he didn't go by Mr. Loaf. Yeah. Yeah. His parents didn't say, meat! (laughs) 
Uh, still sad. Still sad. KBOI Newstime 744. Time for a uh, check on what's going on with sports. Once again today, it's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian, the place to go for lunch every day, Monday through Saturday. They open up at 1030. They're there early in the morning, getting everything ready to go, fresh from scratch. Get in today and find out for lunch why Fat Guys Fresh Vet Deli has been voted number one deli in the state of Idaho. Well, I hope you enjoyed the NFL playoffs over the weekend. Several great games played, including last night's overtime thriller with the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Buffalo Bills 42-36 to to advance to the AFC Championship game. They'll take on the Cincinnati Bengals, who knocked off the number 1 seed Tennessee Titans. Uh, final kick in the last second of that game as well, 19-16 the final. The 49ers came back to beat Green Bay 13-10, to and the Rams outlasted the Buccaneers, 30-27. to So we'll have a new NFL champion this year uh, after their 30-27 to victory over the Bucs. And now we all start speculating on what's going to happen with Tom Brady, whether or not he'll play anymore, or is he going to retire? Well, here's what he said after the game. I haven't put a lot of thought into it, so you know, we'll just take it day by day and see, kind of see where we're at. So the conference championship games are now set. At 1 p.m. on Sunday, you'll see the Bengals at Kansas City. And then at 4.30 Mountain, it'll be the 49ers at the Rams. I'm Rick Worthington. Day from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 751-208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through today, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. You can also text us, same as our main number, 208-336-3700. Big day for Sarah Palin today. Why is that? Goes to court uh, in her uh, suit against the New York Times. Her slander suit, defamation lawsuit. Starts the jury selection for the trial. Uh, quick, quick recap for those of you who might have forgot. Palin sued the paper back in 2017 over an editorial that incorrectly linked the 2011 shooting of Representative Gabby Giffords to a map circulated by Palin's PAC that showed certain electoral districts under crosshairs. The Times corrected the error and apologized for it, and the judge initially dismissed the case, but a federal appeals court revived it, and as a result, the trial will now take place beginning today. That is, of course, unless there isn't, some sort of agreement that so they partially comes to it beforehand they partially blamed her for that shooting yeah her and her pack okay so it ended up being completely false even though it appeared in the paper and uh, the paper um, afterwards printed a retraction so she hadn't put out material like that no okay um, the case at its heart. Uh, about the limits of First Amendment protections and the standard set in the landmark New York Times versus Sullivan case, specifically the standard that a public figure must prove an outlet operated with actual malice when it published defamatory information. Uh, Palin argued the Times did that, and the Times has said that it just made an honest error. You think she's going to win? Long odds. Hmm. First Amendment attorney Ted uh, Boutros was asked to fill in his legal opinion on whether or not she's going to be able to win the case. He said that he believes Palin faces an enormously steep uphill battle, likely to lose, 
Um, so he, he doesn't think she can possibly prove that the newspaper or its journalist acted with actual malice or that she suffered any well, harm from the original she, version of the editorial. She's got a, a memo or an email that says that. Yeah, I, exactly. Uh, Jeffrey Tobin, uh, CNN chief legal analyst, also agreed that Palin likely to lose in the trial, but he stressed that that doesn't mean it's not going, it's going to be rainbows and unicorns for the times in court. <laughs> He said the trial is likely to be excruciating experience for everyone associated with the story and associated with the times because the simple fact is the story was 100% wrong. And no journalist wants to be in a position of defending a story that they printed that was wrong. So the materials they described in, in the story, they didn't come out at all? They didn't even exist? No. Oh, okay. And Palin had nothing to do with it. Her pack had nothing to do with it. And that's... It it becomes a he said, she said type thing. She said that they did it on purpose. They're saying, no, it was an honest mistake. You made that mistake on purpose. Yeah. It, it's going to be hard for her to prove. Like you said, as you mentioned, unless, unless there's unless, an actual, yeah. you know, email, text message, something that says, any, hey, let's get, let's go after Palin here and get her, we can print any uh, kind of a communique, but it would be nice, you know, if, if it were on tape or something. Yeah. Something like that. That's, that's why I believe the, uh. As mentioned, the attorney had said earlier that this is going to be a real uphill climb. But I, I, I also get it. The New York Times, that's a pretty big thing to get wrong. Why did this uh, allow with no fact checking to go? Um, you know, granted, it was an editorial and not necessarily a uh, news story. But still, New York Times is considered pretty good newspaper. An okay newspaper <laughs> nationally, right? Oh, they still exist. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, it's it, in, unless there is some sort of settlement ahead of the uh, case going to court, this is going to be getting underway today. Also, uh, Boise is going to require COVID vaccines this year if you take place in one of the toughest races in the Northwest. Race to Roby Creek. She takes runners from Fort Boise uh, to the north end and up Rocky Canyon to the uh, namesake creek. Said in a Facebook post, participants and volunteers will have to show proof that they are fully vaccinated to participate this year. Runners and volunteers will also be required to wear masks at the start, finish lines, and while riding in buses to the event, mm. and spectators that's, and that's, will not be allowed at the finish line. That's even though it's uh, pretty much all outdoors, right? Yeah, yeah. It is the first time Race to Rotary Creek will be held in person since the coronavirus pandemic began. In 2020, organizers postponed and ultimately canceled the event, which was held then virtually in uh, 2021. Your thoughts? We'll talk more about this. Um, requiring for a race, a half marathon that is held, as you said, outside. Um, requiring vaccinations to run in it and requiring masks. When I first saw this, I didn't read the full story about how are you going to run and breathe in a mask? And then it's just around the start, finish. If you're riding the bus to the uh, I can't to the event, you can't. I can't run and breathe at the same time anyway. Uh, that's not even running a marathon, right? Exactly. <laughs> KBOI News Time, 757. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 
7.59. Uh, on the way for you here in about 20 minutes, Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question. We've got a four-pack of tickets to the Boise Golf and Travel Show coming up 10th, 11th, and 12th, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Yes, normally it runs till Sunday, but that's Super Bowl Sunday, and golf and uh, Super Bowl just really don't mix. So um, it's going to be over on Saturday this year. We have four tickets for you to win. If you can answer our Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, here to promote your property worldwide. Call 208-888-4128. Our question today, how many satellites have ever been destroyed by a meteor? This is total satellites in the world. How many have been destroyed by a meteor? If you know the answer, stick around. 20 minutes from right now, you can win that four-pack of Boise Golf. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 808. Good morning. It is uh, Monday. We'll get to Bronco Monday, uh, talking about the uh, latest win and also the win streak going on right now. One more win, and it will tie the longest streak Boise State has ever had in basketball. Uh, That streak came last year, by the way. Uh, It's going to be a tough game coming up here against Wyoming tomorrow night. We have tickets if you would like to go to that game. Be a part of one of the biggest games in the Mountain West this year because it is for first place. The winner will be in first place all alone after tomorrow night. Uh, so it is a very big game. Both uh, Boise State, Wyoming, undefeated in conference play. We'll have a chance for you to win those tickets. So if you want to lock in your speed dial at 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless, you can do that. Have a chance for you to win sometime before 10 o'clock this morning. Uh, Curtis uh, writes in, uh, Mike at KBOI.com says, uh, I guess COVID doesn't exist between the start and end of the uh, race for the uh, Roby, Roby Creek um, yeah, that's it's once again another one of those things that just doesn't make sense. Why would he say that it doesn't exist between the start and end? Because you don't have to wear a mask between the start and the end. Oh, just at the start, just in the start, and when you end. cross the finish yeah. line, yeah. Don't you so, think most people will just keep it on? Or? While they're running, no. Yeah, okay. No, I, 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 I don't know if you've ever tried to exercise with a mask on or do anything physical with a mask on. It gets really hard to hard to breathe breathe or at the very least it's uncomfortable and if you're running a half marathon which many consider to be the toughest half marathon in the uh, western united states you're probably not going to wear a mask once you once you take that off very hilly a lot of it is uphill yeah and i've known a couple of people who have ran in the race and says the uphill part is the easy part the downhill part is the hardest part why do i feel like that's not true um, because you're, I don't know why you don't feel it's true. It's yeah. because you're having to slow yourself down and it's much more painful on the muscles and your legs and your knees because you're not used to doing it. You know, most people run on flat surfaces, so they're not running downhill a lot. Gotcha. So, I mean, if you just let yourself run as fast as you can, pretty soon you're doing a face plant into a creek bed or a rock or something like that. Uh, at least you're making progress though. Uh, no name on this one from a text message says, uh, why do you, Branch Covidian, died in the Kool-Aid vaccine advocates, I think he's talking to you and me, Chris, cheer and laugh every time somebody unvaccinated dies. Um, first of all, I'm going to correct we, you there. We have never cheered and yeah. laughed whenever anybody has died for any reason. So, we don't. Uh, stop listening to what you think you want to hear and listen to what we're actually saying. Yeah. Um, so right there is lie number one that you told. Meatloaf was 74 years old, had several comorbidities, 
Obesity is the number one comorbidity in uh, COVID deaths. Vaccines will not stop you from getting sick or spreading coronavirus. We've never said that. Living a healthy lifestyle will dramatically increase your chances of surviving it. Never said that it wouldn't. Ridiculing and vac shaming anyone who doesn't agree with you shows your narrow-minded uh, or how narrow-minded you people are. Yeah. Um, first this of all, letter, we have never ridiculed this, or vac shamed anyone. This letter tells a lot about you too. Yeah. Um, so you've got a whole bunch of factually. No, I, I was going to say factually inaccurate. No, I, I'm just going to say um, you've got a whole bunch of lies in your text message because mm-hmm. none of none of what you said, other than talking about comorbidities and uh, obesity being the number one comorbidity. You also don't know. You, I mean, you're saying we vax-shamed meatloaf. No. Nobody has ever said whether he's vaccinated or not. So how do you know? How do you, I don't, I, he said he didn't want to wear masks. Yeah. That was his quote from him. Didn't want to be controlled. But uh, the other uh, quote we got was from TMZ. They're reporting that he died from COVID. I didn't say he did die from COVID. I said TMZ reports that he died from COVID. So if you believe TMZ, I mean, that's great. If you don't, that's great, too. Kevin and Eagle, good morning. You're on News Talk KBOI. Hello? Hello. Yeah, hey, I just kind of like trying to go back in history on this all these pandemics we had, and everybody's always freaking out. You know, the Spanish flu only lasted two years. The swine flu lasted two years. With no vaccine, herd immunity took it over. And everybody's still in a big freaking panic. And we're getting a tail end of this if you look at what Africa has been coming out and saying. Look what Britain's been saying lately. They have dropped off tremendously. So here in the United States, I, I think a lot of it's political. And people are just running around panic. So, All right. Just kind of look back in the history a little bit. A lot of these viruses are worldwide things. Only last a couple of years. Yeah. Well, we're we're, we're well, past are, the two year mark already. So there are, this there is going to last longer than that. There have only been two in the history of the United States. So yeah, I suppose so. Well, I'm just saying. We're, I think we're getting to the tail end of this. I I always look at how many deaths in the hospital that they can honestly count as linked to COVID. You know. It just we're starting to see that number come out that a lot of that stuff was made up numbers. I haven't I haven't heard anybody reporting that they were made up. Well, I mean, they were made up. Newsmax did. Uh, the CDC I think is starting to backtrack on a lot of it now. No, that no. I mean, people come in with like say a broken leg and they're laying there and it's like okay he died. Well, he had COVID also, so they mark it down as COVID, which. Well, we asked some some people at St. Luke's, and they said nobody's doing that. Oh, well, okay. I just, you know, I don't really trust a lot of people anymore about a lot of things because everything is misinterpreted, and, you know, I ain't going to rail on Fauci right now, but I think what the government needs to do is have more than one spokesman for the CDC to come out on the news what's going on said Fauci he's never missed an interview yet with anybody yeah well I did partly yeah. thank you for the call that is part of his job whether you like him don't whether you believe mm-hmm. him or not his job is to be the spokesman person you know for the federal government on 
on COVID. Thank you for the call. Appreciate it. KBY News Time 814. Uh, coming up here next, we've got four tickets, family pack of four for the uh, golf and travel show coming up here on February 10th. We'll get to that with our Casper and Chris Damn Near Impossible question right after Bronco Sports Today. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Casper and Chris, damn near impossible question brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty. You want to make sure you get that dream home you have your eye on. Berkshire Hathaway can uh, make sure that happens for you. Give them a call today at 208 888 41 28. All right, here we go. Ellen is going to get first crack at our uh, question this morning. We've got a four-pack of tickets. Boise Golf and Travel Show. Ellen, out of the uh, over 8,000 satellites that have ever been launched uh, from Earth, how many satellites have ever been destroyed by a meteor? Um, One, it was the Olympus in 1993. Wow, that's a lot of information when all you had to do was know the number one. But yes, all that is true. Uh, it was 1993. The European Space Agency's Olympus was destroyed. Uh, congratulations. You got yourself a four-pack of tickets to the Boise Golf and Travel Show. Thank you. Hold on the line. We'll get some information. we got tickets all this week for you to win. Once again, that's coming up Super Bowl weekend. So if you're wondering why the golf show is not going on Sunday this year, it's not because of COVID. It's because of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're only going to be going on through Saturday. But we have your tickets to give away all this week. We still... That answer, one, by the way, yeah. shows just how vast space is. Because there are thousands and thousands of satellites up there. But they don't get hit. Yeah, I, I was reading a, an article that said that even if 10,000 meteors were passing through um, the the belt where all of our mm-hmm. um, satellites are flying, the chances of getting hit would still be near zero at 10,000 yeah. meteors. So, yeah, the, the ex- large expanse of, of space and, and everything, uh, not a real good chance. Basically, so the fact that one got hit is pretty amazing. Basically, the chance right now is one in however many thousands there are. Stick around. Still on the way for you this morning. We have tickets to tomorrow night's game. Wyoming, Boise State, basketball. The uh, Mountain West Supremacy will be up for grabs. Who will be in first place after tomorrow night? Keep your fingers crossed. It'll be Boise State. But you have a chance to be there and root them on. A pair of tickets before 10 o'clock. On the way next, we've got news at the bottom of the hour. It is Bronco Monday. We'll be talking with Bob Beeler about the latest scores and games from uh, last weekend and Thursday. And a look ahead to this week. That's on the way next on News Talk KBOI. This is Bronco Monday. We'll discuss the most recent Boise State game and talk about the upcoming schedule. Now, here's Mike Casper, Chris Walton, and the voice of the Broncos, Bob Beeler, on 670 KBOI. It is 8.38. He's Chris Walton, Mike Casper here, and Bob Beeler with us this morning. And, uh, man... Five games in 11 days, and if you would have said that they'd be undefeated still, um, I think you uh, could have lost uh, uh, or won a lot of money. I would have bet on them not being undefeated still. Oh, incredible. More more specifically, if you told me before the game started, and I hadn't had a chance to see it. We're talking the San Diego State game. San Diego State game. If Boise State was going to score 42 points, tell me who won the game, I would have said there's no way Boise State wins the game. Well, you know, it was funny. I could have seen it. Because I said on our pregame show that I thought the first team to 50 was going to win. I thought it was going to be that <laughs> They should still scoring. be playing then. 
<laughs> well, yeah, but uh, but I was wrong. It was the first team to 40 wow. that won. I mean, that, I have to say. Four, 42 points. The Broncos have been in the Mountain West since the 2011-2012 season, so basically 10 years. Boise State in a conference game has never scored lower than 42. That was the lowest scoring turnout for Boise State in a Mountain West game where they're playing another Mountain West team, not playing, you know, somebody, you know, out of conference, but in a league game, and they won. (laughs) I have to say that watching that game, it is some of the best college defense that I have ever witnessed between two teams. And I've been watching college basketball for a long time. And, and, And it wasn't that... You know, they were all over each other because there was not a lot of fouls called in that game. No. Well, they, 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 they decided, and, and rightfully so, because these teams were good, so good defensively, that they let a lot go. And I thought the officials did a really good job of being consistent during the game. But, but I, I think you're right, Mike. And, and, you know, a lot of times we'll watch a game that, you know, that would end up 42-37, to 37, and you'll think, oh, that was an ugly yeah. game. Nobody yeah. hit any shots. Well, the reason nobody hit any shots is because nobody had any good shots to take. I mean, the defense in that game was incredible. It was a clinic. You couldn't get to it. You couldn't but it was get exciting. To the, you couldn't get to the paint. I got to tell. I got to tell you something funny. My wife went down. You know, she wasn't going to let me have a trip to San Diego <laughs> without uh, her going to San Diego as well in the middle of January. Uh, San Diego State's fans stand until they score. <laughs> And my wife had people in front of her that stood for the first six minutes of the game wow. because San Diego State did not score until six minutes into the game. That's pretty amazing. Have you, ever, have you ever broadcast a game before where one team only had one free throw that they made? I don't think so. And it's funny, Boise State, now it just shows you you got to get the right people to the line. Yeah. Because Boise State was 9 out of 11, I believe, at the foul line. And uh, Degenhart was 8 for 8, and he's a good free-throw shooter. So get him to the free-throw line. He's going to make free-throws. But they made one, but they took five, so they were one out of four. And in a game like that, when, you know, when points are at a premium, you know, you better take advantage. I mean, I think they missed a couple of front ends of one-and-ones. You know, they're not overly good offensively. I mean, the really good San Diego State team of, you know, two seasons ago when they were 30 and 2 you know, had a few guys that really could score. I, I don't think San Diego State has, although their their top scorer, their transfer from Cal, Matt Bradley, had been averaging 21 in league games, and, and he finished with seven. And, you know, it just seemed like every time he touched the ball, you know, he didn't have much of a look. I mean, they, they pressured him into some tough shots. I'm absolutely blown away. And you get to see this more than we do because if I watch it, it's, it's on television, so I don't even get as – uh, to see the off-ball defense as much as as you probably do, but I'm still just absolutely blown away with Abu Kijab and his defense that he doesn't probably get credit for because yeah. of how well he plays off the ball. And then against Bradley, that last three-pointer, uh, yeah. the defense was fantastic. It was unbelievable. I mean, you forced him into a tough shot, and you know you get the didn't foul and him, get fouled, and all of a sudden. You know, you're there. And then how about Marcus Shaver? I mean, the Utah State game, you know, he's been probably the most consistent offensive player shooting, certainly, this year for Boise State. 0 for 10, wins the game against uh, Utah State, and then, you know, hits the clutch shot that with about 30 seconds or so to go to uh, put Boise State ahead against San Diego State. Um, yeah, it was what, what, what a week. Five games in 11 days in five states. 
Wow. And you win at some of the tougher places to play historically. Nevada, where Boise State has had trouble, and I think Nevada's a pretty good team. I really like their guards. New Mexico, which is an extremely tough place, although this year the Lobos aren't that good. And then you close at maybe two of the toughest venues, not only in the Mountain West, but, you know, anywhere, Utah State and San Diego State. Yeah, (laughs) those two places they hadn't won at since 2016, both of those. Guys, guys, a couple things I want to share. Most points that you've held an opponent to, 60 or less, Boise State number one tied with Texas 14 times for Boise State in 19 games. An opponent has had 60 or less points. 12-game winning streak, third longest in the country right now. Auburn and Davidson are at 14, uh, so that is their second longest streak in school history. They won 13 in a row last year. They'll try to tie it uh, Tuesday night. That's tomorrow night against Wyoming. My opinion, this streak is much more impressive because you don't play the back-to-back games, and Boise State had a couple of back-to-backs in the COVID year last year, you know, against San Jose where you'd win two in a row against somebody that, you know, that isn't good. Mm-hmm. Snap San Diego State's 16-game home court winning streak. That was so, impressive. Uh, a, lot, a lot of great things going on. All right, we'll take a break. Once again, talking about the uh, latest games uh, for Boise State, we're going to uh, hear from the coach, some of the players in the uh, next break, and also uh, still look ahead to what's coming up this week, uh, another big week for Boise State. It's Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler with us on News Talk KBOI. Now, back up Bronco Monday on 670 KBOI. 847, Bob Beeler with us. Don't forget, we still have tickets to give away for tomorrow night's game, Extra Mile Arena. You can be there. Uh, the battle for first place in the Mountain West tomorrow night. Something has to come to a, an end. Somebody's win streak has to come to an end. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's funny. You know, you, you start off and half the teams in the league win the first game, half the teams in the conference lose the first game. And then we were down to three unbeatens, and then Boise State beat San Diego State in a battle of unbeatens. Wyoming with former assistant coach Jeff Linder, who's done such a great job. They are 15-2 and two and 4-0 uh, and oh in the conference, so winner is going to be in sole possession. The first place we'll get to Wyoming in a few minutes. But, guys, the theme that, that we've carried through the first part of this show has been uh, defense, defense, and more defense. And uh, Coach Rice, after the game, talked about why it is so hard to score. I had a, a lineup that I really liked out there that was moving the ball really well, and yeah, that's what you got to do against them. We, you know, I got 11 years of experience against playing against them, and I know one thing: it's really, really hard to score off plays. You know, especially you know they've had five days to prepare. They know they know our plays probably better than us now, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know they're always good defensively, but they take you out of plays, and um, you got to be able to make it with your ball movement and your cutting and. Again, he's talking about that, and that's exactly the same thing that they do. You know, Boise State does a great job of switching. That you know, it, you know, sometimes when they try a screen, instead of you trying to follow the screen, you switch and you take his man, and I take your man. And uh, you know, the same thing with San Diego State. And uh, coach knew it and knew that you know sometimes you just have to get somebody open that the actual play is not going to work. It's going to be somebody cutting, moving, doing things, and that's how you get baskets to go in. Tyson Degenhart, the freshman, had a wonderful game. He was the leading scorer for the Broncos in it. He was our post-game guest, and we asked him the simple question, why is this team won 12 in a row? We're really resilient. Uh, we don't let it much phase us, you know. I think we are up 11 with, like, 10 minutes left, and they rattled off a little, like, 13-0 run, and uh, we knew we were going to still win this game. We had a lot of confidence in ourselves because we've been in these situations, you know. We were in it 
at Utah State, I mean, you can go down the list of our win streak. We've been in those kind of situations, and we just trusted each other to make the right plays, and Jave hit another clutch three. And again, that was Tyson Degenhardt. Guys, a couple of things about uh, Boise State. It just seems to me, watching them in this winning streak, whatever they need, they find. If they need to get a rebound to kind of salt the game away, they get it. If they need to force you into a tough shot, they get it. If they need a shot made, they get it. The free throw shooting hasn't been overly good until the San Diego State game, but at the end of the game, even in the games when they haven't made their free throws for the whole body of work, they find a way, you know, to get free throws. Kijab got two free throws against uh, Air Force when they weren't doing very good. So this team finds a way. And then now we put all of these games, the 5 and 11 days in five states, you know, that's behind. You've won 12 in a row heading into the Wyoming game. But, you know, it's back to square one. You're tied for first place with them. And uh, we asked Coach Rice to look ahead to the Wyoming game tomorrow night. Now we got to recover and get ready for a whole other style of play and another team. And, you know, uh, we've scouted them once, <laughs> so uh, we were ready to play uh, January 1st, but that was a long time yeah. ago, so we got to refresh our, our scout. And, refer- you know, I'm sure linder has got some secret stuff ready for us. And uh, we'll, we'll be ready, though, and it'll be a battle. We, we need, you know, this is for first place. Yeah. And if there's ever a time we need our fans and we need – we need to pick me up. These guys have been, I mean, they just leave everything out there. And uh, But we need our fans to carry us through this next one and help us with our energy and effort. And, again, uh, they deserve it. Uh, 12 wins in a row, 15-4 and four overall, 6-0 and oh in the Mountain West. We'll be taking on Wyoming 15-2, and 4-0. And, oh. and, again, Coach Rice was referring to the January 1 game where we were sitting in Laramie at the hotel Ma'am. thinking we were going to play. And then the, the COVID, uh, uh, you know, protocols kicked in because somebody tested positive and that game was uh, postponed this is not the makeup this is the game that was scheduled for Boise on the original date uh, tomorrow but guys this this is going to be a different kind of challenge than we saw the last couple of games Wyoming is an offensive team first San Diego State was a defensive team first Wyoming wants to average they average about 80 points a game so this is a team that they make their bones on on scoring and there are two people to watch Hunter Maldonado is a six-seven guard, and he's one of the few guards in the league that can go, you know, uh, eyeball to eyeball with uh, Emmanuel Acott. Acott gets a big advantage because he is usually bigger than most of the guards he takes. Not the case tomorrow night. Maldonado averages 18 points a game, six rebounds, and seven assists, so he does it all. He is a senior that has started for four seasons, and then they've got somebody inside that is really good by the name of Graham E.K., 6'9", sophomore. He averages 21 points and nine rebounds. The matchup with he and Armouche inside is going to be fascinating. It's looking uh, pretty good. The great thing, I was just looking at the uh, Mountain West standings. Top, I mean, there are some good teams in the Mountain West this year. Yes. Uh, yes. Record-wise, 68-16 and 16 is the record of the top five teams in the Mountain yeah. West right now. Yeah, I, I, think, I think that you can make a case that there are six really good teams in this league. Boise, San Diego, Wyoming, really like the Colorado State team. I mean, they got beat pretty badly by San Diego State, but that's their only loss of the season. Fresno, the team that Boise State's going to see on Friday with their seven-footer, Orlando Robinson. You know, Boise State beat them. So did Nevada. Nevada both of those games for Fresno were lost on the road. So I like them, and, and, I, and I still think Nevada's underrated. I love their guards, uh, Sherfield and Cambridge. So my opinion, there are six really good teams in the league this year. It'll be, uh, it'll be interesting to see how many of them make the tournaments at the end of the year. 
or yeah, I, you know, I if, if the tournaments this, even happen. Yeah. I would think that the way things are going, that this league's going to get three or maybe four would be my guess, depending on how some of the games shake out. And, you know, you say how important is the regular season. I think the committee looks, and if you win the regular season, I think that's a, a plus, a feather in your cap, that if you don't win the conference tournament, I think that they, they do take that. So that's why I think tomorrow's game is really, really important, because if you can win the regular season – I think I think I don't want to say it guarantees you a spot in the NCAA tournament, but I think it pretty much almost does. It's Bronco Monday. Bob Beeler with us. We'll take one more break and get back and look forward to what we have the rest of the week. That's coming up here next. Now back up Bronco Monday on six seventy KBOI eight fifty six. Bob Beeler with us once again. Uh, Bob, what's coming the rest of the week? All right, tomorrow morning right here we've got on Bronco Tuesday. We're going to talk about the gymnastics team that will be starting their season. And then as far as men's basketball go, tomorrow night at 6.30, 670 KBOI, we'll have uh, Boise State and Wyoming in the battle for first. Thursday night at 6 is our coaches show. And then Friday night, later start, because, of course, it's in the Pacific time zone, 8.30 pregame at Fresno State. All right. Thanks for being with us uh, once again. Let's uh, hope we can keep this uh, win streak going. <laughs> and uh, next Monday we'll uh, be talking about going to be 15 in a row. Fingers crossed. Knock on wood, I think all that good stuff. 14 in a row. Is it 14? It? I, no, it's yeah. 13 tonight, and then if they... So 13 uh, tomorrow, and then 14, 14 Friday. Yeah, they'll be going for 15 on uh, coming up here Yeah, well, week. 13's a school record, guys, so uh, that set last year, so they'll try to tie that tomorrow night. All right, thanks a lot for being with us this morning. Appreciate it, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning. Uh, now, as promised, uh, you want to go to the game tomorrow night? Um, need a big crowd there. You can be a part of that big crowd as we see a battle for first place going on at Extra Mile Arena between the Boise State Broncos and the Wyoming Cowboys. Caller number six right now, 208-336-3700 or pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You have those pair of tickets. You'll get to go live to the game tomorrow night at Extra Mile Arena, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Dog carefully and good luck. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Idaho State Police can't say if or when they will evict an encampment near the Capitol, even though a spokesperson for ISP admits that camping on that property is prohibited. Protesters say they're calling attention to the plight of the homeless even as the Interfaith Sanctuary reports that so many people are coming to them on these cold nights that they've set up their own tent outside of the shelter for overflow. The encampment is uh, still there. People still protesting the fact that there's not enough room at some of the centers here through the Treasure Valley. Um, A week ago, Interfaith Sanctuary had to turn away people, had to uh, put up Temporary tents with heating pads and uh, sleeping bags. The way Reverend Roscoe described the Boise Rescue Mission and uh, you know what people think they do, like you know make you uh, listen to sermons and stuff like that, and what they don't actually do, which is all that stuff. Uh, it, it made it seem like interfaith uh, sanctuary is is not that much different. Yeah. Um, we had a chance to talk with Reverend Bill uh, Roscoe this morning. Um, you'll be able to hear it on our podcast, the whole interview. But there were some highlights. And, and because we were talking so much about this, so many people had input. And so many uh, people 
called in last week and wrote us saying that the reason that the rescue mission had 150 slots open while Interfaith Sanctuary was plumb full was because, and I'm paraphrasing here, but some people said it was run like a prison where there were walls and you had to be locked in at night and things like that. Uh, the one that Chris just mentioned right there, that they made you listen to uh, religious sermons. They while, don't. While Apparently, you were there. Yeah. Reverend Roscoe said you don't have to. Uh, let's take a listen. This is uh, Reverend uh, Roscoe, Bill Roscoe, uh, talking about some of those myths that uh, we heard last week and that he's also heard. I told someone else the other day, you know, going to the rescue mission is not at all like going to jail, although that's the way some people make it sound. <laughs> you know, we're we're uh, we're open for business. We're open to welcome people in. The rules and policies and procedures of the rescue mission are nothing exceptional. Uh, you mentioned drugs and alcohol. Uh, one of the things out in, uh, in the news these days is we won't accept anyone who's under the influence, and that's not true. Uh, if you're under the influence and you come to the rescue mission, we're going to see if you're uh, able to take care of yourself. And if, you know, if you can get up and go to the bathroom and you can sign an intake form, you're going to get a place to sleep. Now, you may not get a bed if you're totally inebriated because we're going to keep an eye on you overnight. And so you're going to be in an overflow area where my staff can easily uh, supervise uh, throughout the night and make sure people are staying on their bunk and, and behaving themselves. Uh, otherwise, uh, you know, we don't tolerate racial slurs and, and uh, screaming and yelling at people. We don't if you put your hands on somebody else in a, in a violent manner, you're going to be out the door. Um, honestly, uh, the rules are pretty simple to follow by. It, it would be as if you had a guest in your home. And how would you expect that guest to behave? You know, uh, we do our very best to welcome everybody in because that's what we're here for, for crying out loud. Since 1958, we've been welcoming hope, homeless people into our buildings, and we still do. And it's just too bad that there are so many untruths out there, rumors and innuendo. And, you know, some people believe those things. So if you go to the mission, they're going to hit you over the head with a big black King James Bible and make you go to church. Well, no, we're not. You know, we have chapel service every night. And if you'd like to attend, you may. If you don't want to attend, you don't have to. It's uh, we make it as welcoming a place as it can be. It's clean. It's supervised. It's safe. Uh, the meals are good. There's showers and clothing exchange. Everything that any person experiencing homeless homelessness needs, we can provide that the minute you walk through the door. You know, over the last 20 years, um, I've had uh, at times up to seven homeless people living in my house. Well, then they weren't homeless. Exactly. But if they didn't want to follow the rules that we set aside they'd for our house, they would be homeless. <laughs> um, the rules that he laid out there, I, I mean, don't seem that outlandish to yeah, me. Don't assault other people. Okay, that's kind of a rule in, in life anyway. Yeah. Um, all the other rules, I mean, they, one of the things that people said was last week the claim was made, they make you listen to sermons they force religion upon you and right there he said no we offer it every night you can either go or you mm -hmm. or you can't um we did ask him uh chris had asked him about some of the rules that uh the boise rescue mission that residents complain about the most he did have an answer to that yeah uh people want to smoke wherever they want to whenever they want to and that's just not you know we just can't have that you can't smoke in the building period uh, you have to smoke in a designated smoking area. And because we want to supervise all the folks staying with us, you have to smoke at the appointed times. And we have smoke breaks set up 
Uh, from the time you check in until bedtime at night, there are smoke breaks arranged so that people can go out and smoke. Uh, that's the biggest the biggest gripe that people have is, I want to go have one more cigarette before I go to bed. Well, I'm sorry. We, we don't have any staff to supervise you out there. We just can't open the door and let you out. Who knows what could happen, you know? And is that just your rule? or Because I know like, if I want to light up in a restaurant here, I can't do that or a public building. Or Is that just your rule, or is that kind of a state or federal law? Well, you know, I'm not exactly sure about that. I know it's our rule. I don't, I don't think it's mandated. However, I'll bet my insurance carrier would be very upset if I let people smoke in a dorm. <laughs> <laughs> is what the interfaith sanctuary does, is, is it that much different from what you do? No. Uh, in terms of shelter, I don't think so. Um, you know, they do. <clears throat> Pardon me, that morning coffee hasn't worked yet. <laughs> They, they do, uh, in some cases at least, uh, have uh, what they call families stay together, and it might be an unmarried couple. And um, we, we don't have facilities for that. Uh, you know, we have a beautiful facility for women and children over on Jefferson Street where there are beds available, and we have a, a really good shelter for men on River and 13th, and there are beds available. And it's unfortunate uh, in the case of a family that we have to separate the, the man and the woman However, if you're homeless and you need a place to stay and you need it to be a good place, uh, we're here for you. And I think the biggest difference between the two agencies is we have services available to help people overcome homelessness. Uh, I mean, whatever the cause of your homelessness is, if we can't help you with our own programs and services, we know exactly who to call to help you. And that's why every year, fellas, for the last almost 10 years now, maybe it is 10 years, we have over 400 people come to the Rescue Mission homeless, stay with us for some period of time, and then move back out into the community independent. And that's that's a, a statistic that we, we track and verify year to year. And in fact, when we get the total number of people that checked out, we take 15% off of that number because we, we typically will see 10 to 15% of those people return. So to be honest and transparent, we just deduct 15% from that number and uh, give that number to the community every year. And I think that's pretty remarkable. Once again, that was uh, Reverend Bill Roscoe appearing with us earlier this morning. Uh, made some uh, great points, and for those of you who had a uh, didn't have a chance to listen to it because it was fairly early this morning, wanted to give you a chance to listen to some of those highlights. Um, you'll have a chance to hear the whole interview if you would like. Uh, it'll, it'll be up on our podcast uh, at kboi dot com a little bit later. Also, uh, you'll be able to check it out on our fan page on Facebook um, and hear the whole interview if you would like. I guess. My question here is, and if you want to weigh in, 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I know we've talked a lot about this in the last week and a half. Uh, my question would be, as we lay this out, with 150 openings at Boise Rescue Mission and, you know, hearing from person who runs it himself, Reverend Bill Roscoe, that it's not a gulag, we don't have 150 people camping out right now. The total is, is far less than that yet they're camping out because they don't have a place to go. So now my question would be, and I, I know we have problems with homeless. I'm not trying to belittle the fact that we don't have homeless. But now um, the question would be, after seeing this and hearing from some of the people from Interface Sanctuary and the Rescue Mission, is a certain portion of this, portion of this just political? Well, that's always a possibility. 
I mean, uh, here, here are here's there's enough people or enough places to house everybody that's camped out in downtown Boise. So if they're camped out right now, saying, "Hey, we're homeless and we have no place to go," what? Why? Why don't you have a place to go? You have a place to go. So are you staying there just because you want to make a political statement? This is just strictly a protest, and not that you don't have a place to, no, to live or the, what? And they're very vague about what they want. Uh, you know, the people that are camping out there, they say, well, we want the government to do more for us. Okay, do you have any ideas? But yeah, just more. Yeah, more. <laughs> 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. We'll take a uh, break here. If you'd like to weigh in on this, I know we've talked a lot about it over the last uh, week, but uh, just wanted to uh, get a few of those highlights in for you this morning. If you would like to weigh in, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com, Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, by the way, the uh, Dow is now down 700 points as we get into another week of sell-offs. Um, heading towards correction category, already there on the NASDAQ. Standard & Poor's down over 100 points. NASDAQ down uh, about 300 points, over 300 points uh, so far today. And as I mentioned, the Dow is over 700 points in the uh, red. We'll get updates throughout the day here from uh, Jeremiah Bates uh, and uh, keep you updated. Who knows? Maybe uh, this will be the opposite of what we've seen in the past week or so where we see in the green and then all of a sudden it's off later in the day. Maybe we'll see the opposite today. Keep your fingers crossed. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 920, phone lines are open, 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. You want to call toll-free 1-800-529-5264. You can do that. You can also get through by sending us an instant message on our fan page on Facebook. You can email Chris at KBY.com, Mike at KBY.com. We've got a text message at 208-336-3700. It really appears to me that this whole thing has been nothing but political Interfaith wants to get approved and is generating a false agenda to do it. Apparently, I don't, I don't think I don't think all that. I, I, I don't really think what you are reading in the newspaper or hearing about. I don't think much of that has been said by the interfaith people. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily think that it's true that you know politically this is motivated by interfaith sanctuary getting these people. I I mean I may be wrong, but that's not the first thing I thought, and and not what I meant when I said that this is political. Um, you can also, it's interesting that the camp out didn't bring, uh, didn't start until after the legislative session was underway. So here they are, you know, legislators get to see them on a daily basis right. as, as they go in and out of the legislature. Um, I think that might have something to do with it. If this was, you know, say in November, I don't, I don't know if they would still be there protesting. I, I could be wrong, but I, I that, that's my opinion. Brian writes in, the whole campout thing is just another thing like the Occupy movement from years ago. My only question is, which tent has the football helmet? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All righty. This one, uh, no name on this one. Uh, Regarding the homeless situation in Boise right now, I've noticed that some people feel that Boise is not showing enough compassion. Um, We've had a couple of people make this comment. When we just allow people to overdose and die on the streets, if there is a program already in place to give food, shelter, and a bed to people that are facing this type of situation, and there are rules to place, 
in place to help them if they have drug or alcohol addictions, but they choose not to accept that. I feel that the only solution is, unfortunately, to do something else, possibly put them in jail and force them some way, somehow, to stop drugs and alcohol. That's not done. We're going to have a situation like they have in Oregon, Southern California, um, and jumping on our heartstrings and saying that we aren't showing compassion is just mindless. Concerned citizen wrote in and says, so he is saying it's not like prison, yet it does kind of sound like prison in some ways. I can see what the homeless are talking about. The fact of the matter is this is America. You don't have to be homeless. You don't have to starve. You just have to help yourself, period. It's nobody else's problem but your own, so we need to stop trying to please everybody and just focus on the ones who ask for help. How, and, and I know it's an email, but I'm going to ask anyway, how is it like a prison? I mean, we have Dr. Uh, Reverend Bill Roscoe on this morning oh, saying, the, you know, some of the rules that they mm-hmm. have. But, man, I, if I could be in, if I had to go to jail or prison and had to go to jail and prison like that, I'll, I'd I'll be perfectly how, fine. I'll tell you how it's different. If you do bad things in prison, they don't throw you out. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> But <laughs> so there's a big difference. There's the difference uh, number one right there. Yes. The part about you can't go have a cigarette anytime you want to. Yeah, it has to be at certain designated times. That seems, I guess, probably too strict for some people. And, and, and Bill Roscoe said that is the biggest complaint they have. Guess what? There, there are workplaces that only allow you to have cigarettes at certain times also. It's like that Stephen King story, the 10 o'clock people. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's all these people who are out in the cold in the wintertime at 10 o'clock standing around an office building smoking outside. Our, and for some reason, they can all spot aliens in his story. But, you know, it's a Stephen <laughs> King thing. So. You know, there are some places that don't allow smoking at all either. Yeah, are are those true. places prison? You can still smoke in prison. That's true. You can smoke in yeah. prison in, in your cell, I think. Or maybe I'm wrong. I don't. I don't know what it's like now. Come to think of it, I never have known what it's like. I haven't been there. I was going to say, do you have something you need to tell us that but I didn't I know about you? I don't know whether you can smoke or not. I think they let him smoke for years just because it kind of calmed him down a little. You know, you can if, if, you're, if you're a smoker, you can get really irritated without a cigarette, <laughs> but you're not so irritated when you have them. Uh, speaking of getting really irritated, if you can't have a cigarette, did you see this off topic, but kind of explains that um, uh, a gentleman staying in a Motel 6 over the weekend shot the place up because they charged him $150 for smoking in his hotel room when he wasn't supposed to. Okay, so uh, you're also not supposed to shoot a place up. So he was just, you know, breaking laws right and left. There is a guy that is probably going to find out if he can smoke in prison or if he... <laughs> If he has to wait until certain that's, times. That's true. Uh, just, you know, an old tip from your KBOI morning show here. If uh, you end up doing something that you know is against the rules of the place, which, you know, all Motel 6s and all motels, you know, usually say whether or not it's a smoking room or not. And they even tell you if you get caught smoking, you're going to get charged a certain amount. Mm-hmm. Don't shoot the place up when you knowingly broke that rule and then end up getting charged a certain amount that you know you were going to get charged for smoking in the that's hotel That's a good point. Room. If you have uh, a tantrum that ends up with you shooting up a place, uh, regardless of the excuse you give them when they uh, come to see you, they're going to put you in jail. Robbie writes in, uh, Mike at KBY.com, last week on my way home from work, I drove by these encampments down there and saw four of these homeless people just standing around in a circle smoking cigarettes. Seems like uh, you have more on your agenda if you actually needed help than standing around smoking cigarettes. Just face it, some people are just lazy. It's weird how cigarettes have turned out to be the big thing of the, the homeless. Do all homeless smoke? Is that, is that a way to keep warm? I don't know. 
Um, it's a way to kill time. I guess that's a way to kill time, exactly. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Need to take a break here. We will get back to more of your phone calls and emails uh, coming up. Our phone lines are open, 208-336-3700. You can also email chris at kboi.com, mike at kboi.com. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. If you want to get through this morning, you can also email Chris at KBOI.com. Mike at KBOI.com. Uh, we've got a text message, 208-336-3700. says, I go out to the prison periodically. It is tobacco-free. Oh, really? There. Did um, not know that. Uh, another uh, email, prisons, uh, this or text, sorry. Prisons have been smoke-free for decades. Okay. See... We, we talk about this. If you listen to KBOI every single morning, you will always learn something new. Because we definitely do. Yeah. Uh, that includes the host. We learn something new every day also. So there's something I didn't know because I, I have it so ingrained on me from watching prison movies <laughs> that, that's how you, that that's how you you know trade services. It's like, here's a pack of cigarettes. Now go get me a rock hammer. Exactly. Something like that. Apparently, they don't use uh, cigarettes then for, for money anymore. I guess not. I wonder what they use now. And it's not just cigarettes, by the way. Um, uh, apparently, it is all tobacco products. Oh, they can't chew or anything, huh? Yeah. All right. Well, uh, again, did not know that, and I appreciate the information. Thank you very much. Uh, email in. Why aren't Interfaith and Rescue Music, I think they rescue mission, there's a... Yeah. Spelling error there. Uh, okay. Working together, if they are really that similar, have about the same rules, are both nonprofit, are truly trying to help the homeless, why doesn't the full one call the vacant one and work at getting these people uh, bed for the night? I don't, I don't necessarily know that they don't do that. Yeah. I, I don't know if, if Interfaith, you know, the weekend that they were full, called the Boise Rescue Mission and said, hey, look, we're completely full. We're having to turn people away. Do you have people would, there? I don't know if they did it, or not. It, it would make sense for them to do that. Yeah. I, I don't see why you wouldn't want to help that, if they're, help that out. If, they're, if their goal simply is to get homeless people off the street. Uh, Barbara writes in, uh, maybe some of these homeless people are referring to not enough affordable housing. They don't necessarily yeah, want shelter, but they could afford to pay rent if it was however, based on a $15 an hour wage. However, how can you, what can you do, like in the legislature or even the city, and, and just declare there's going to be affordable housing? I guess you could build projects, yeah. but we have we kind of avoided that. Well, I, I think you, you've seen, and maybe I'm wrong here, but in what instance were the projects a good thing? Well, they, they were place the cheap place to live but they you know became crime ridden yeah uh i i will also say barbara right now uh, i don't if you're making 15 dollars an hour i still don't think in the current situation in some places in idaho now not all of idaho but i will say if you talk about places here in boise meridian eagle nampa caldwell that uh, $15 an hour minimum wage is not going to get you into a house either, probably, by yourself uh, or or a rental. And Because almost, you would be hard-pressed to find anybody right now where you're not making around $15 minimum wage. I know McDonald's is paying $14 an hour. But if you're making less than that, the chances are, in order to live, you need to have roommates. Yeah. 
And there's nothing wrong with roommates. I don't know about you, Chris, but you know, when I was out of college and wanted to be on my own, I've, I've had as many as two roommates I've, at a I've time. I've actually never had a roommate that I haven't been married to. My, uh, my son had uh, a place where they were living, and he had th- three roommates. Now, granted, it was a three-bedroom apartment, but mm-hmm. he had three roommates that were all helping to pay the $1,600 uh, a month rent. And not everybody in those, uh, as a roommate, by the way, was making $15 an hour. There were a couple that were making less than that. Yeah. But yet, living together, the problem is there are some people that just don't want to live with somebody else. They don't want to necessarily, as we're finding out um from people trying to stay at the Boise Rescue Mission or Interfaith Sanctuary don't want to live by certain rules. They just want to have the freedom to do what they want when they want. You know, and and if you're living in somebody else's house, yeah, you're going to have probably more strict rules than what you have at Interfaith Sanctuary or Boise Rescue Mission. Oh yeah, chances are. I mean, like, you're not like smoking Frank, in my house if I'm letting you live there. Well, no, and you can't just throw away whatever you want to or anything. You can't uh, probably redecorate. <laughs> Uh, text message in generic ramen noodles. That's your currency if you go to prison. <laughs> Is bad. it really? I would take that. I don't. I don't know if he knows for sure. I love top ramen noodles. Actually, it would it wouldn't even be top ramen noodles? That's the non-generic version. Let's see. <clears throat> David says instead of spending all this money on education, how about rewarding the students to give them something to work toward and be motivated by? Maybe that's the solution in this day and age. Uh, they're supposed to be motivated by accomplishing something and the success of good grades, I suppose. I mean, aren't the students already motivated by uh, scholarships? Scholarships, uh, the promise of, you know, uh, diplomas and degrees, things like that. Um, Food for Thought writes, anytime an adult is supervised by another adult, it's prison-like. Well, I guess that means we're in prison here. Chris, because we're at work and we're mm-hmm. supervised by other adults, so you and I are in prison. No, they're paying. They're paying. They're paying us to be here. If they were simply ordering us to do it without pay, that would be a problem. Like, uh, for, like for instance, both of us would be home right now. Yeah. Jay says, so you're going to compare jail to the rescue mission, a. Eh? First off, look at the problems in jail. Aside from being stuck in a cell, what makes it even worse? Maybe people not following rules, like doing drugs, drinking, fighting, having sex, even murder. Rules are there to protect and keep people from harm. By the way, prison was always supposed to be a punishment, not a rehab center. Kind of serves as both, really. Yeah. Uh, Another uh, email in, Mike, at KBOI.com. This one from Just the Facts, if that is your real name. Uh, last week, you were talking about uh, increase in housing costs in the Treasure Valley. You gave your wife's theory on why prices uh, keep increasing, and that's because of lack of houses available. Tracy's theory of lowering house housing prices by increasing development is very, very skewed, and I suspect, like other area realtors, is the party line. Um, first of all, no, it's, it's not a party line. Uh, growing up in Silicon Valley, I watched all the farm and ranch land being paved over from the time the housing market prices began to explode. It has never stopped since the 1980s. The development has been maxed out, and yet the prices continue to increase. Still out of control. 1400 three-bedroom, two-bath, and very low-income areas, about seven hundred to $950,000. friend just sold his 1,200-square-foot house, 1981 uh, new roof, and uh, fairly inexpensive, nothing special about it, for $1.3 million. If you magically, here's what here's what she meant by 
by that. If you magically would be able to flood the market right now in Boise, Napa, Meridian, Eagle, Middleton, CUNA, all across the Treasure Valley, if today you added 30,000 homes and apartments, what do you think would happen? Would the prices continue to go up or would they go down? Well, it depends on how fast. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Still, today. They filled up 30,000 might fill up pretty fast I'm around saying, here now. But, but but today, if you added 30,000 uh, yeah, homes, these, it's going to go down. They should, ideally. Ada and Canyon County markets currently have about six weeks of inventory. Now, that's up from a week and a half, four or five months ago, but it's still four months below a healthy market. The market's hugely in the favor of home sellers right now because it's so competitive to get whatever homes are available that it drives the prices up. So yeah. people are getting thirty, forty, fifty, a hundred thousand more than asking price because people want that particular home because there's you nothing think, else um, for them to buy. I don't think it's true that people show up at the at the rescue mission uh, who are homeless because they just sold their home because they couldn't pass up a deal. Like yeah, that. yeah. I mean, right now, let's put it this way. I mean, you have uh, a, a month uh, and a half of inventory right now. Mm-hmm. You know, and like I said, six months is where about six months inventory is what you have to have to have a healthy market. Say um, you go back to 2009, 2010, when there was a year and a half of inventory sitting on the mm-hmm. market. What were prices doing back in 2009, 2010? They were dropping. Um, yeah, they were just completely just imploding. All, all I remember of, is, is you spent about two years with a frown on your face for some reason. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you thought my frown was big. Uh, my wife went two years without any paychecks because nobody was buying a house. Wow. Um, and there was just a huge amount of inventory. You didn't have to sit there and bid with anybody. If you made an offer that was below market, you were probably going to get it accepted. So that's that's what she means by there just has to be a lot more inventory um, because right now there's, that's the reason the prices continue to go up is because there's just not enough housing available mm-hmm. for the people who want to get it, who are moving here, um, who, who want to move up into a new place to live. If there's more, the prices will come down. I think, and she's, she's just like you had also mentioned, uh, you know, about prices, you know, need to, need to yeah. come down. She's the same way. She said price, she said over and over again that prices can't continuing to do what they're doing right now. Um, this has to stop. Increasing interest rates is probably going to stop that because you're not going to be able to afford it as an expensive house as you can right now when you get your mortgage. Somebody speculated the other day that the only way to get uh, an affordable house right now, or to get one at you know lower than cost, is to make is to make sure you're moving into some place that no one would ever want to live. That's it. That's. I mean, that's not necessarily wrong. If you can buy a house, you know, that hasn't been upgraded and do all the work yourself. If, yeah, if you, have, uh, if you have remodeling money and time yeah. and expertise. There, there are some of those places out there. But I would also ask, you know, what's the definition of affordable? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. What's the definition of I, afford- is affordable? Affordable generally means I pay for this and I can still run the rest right, of my life. Yeah. Right. So uh, affordable is kind of a moving target. Yeah. When you say affordable, because afford, just because you can't afford it doesn't mean there are not a lot of people out there who can true, afford it. True. Yeah. Now, granted, in the grand scheme of things, when you sit there and see a house that sold for 300000 just a year and a half ago, selling for half a million dollars right now, uh, I think all and of a sudden, oh my God, that's become unaffordable. Don't forget a couple of years before that, it was probably 110000 Yeah. And I, I, here, just one more thing to prove, your, to prove the point of there's not enough um, inventory right now, and that's why the prices keep going up. Um, 
And that's in combination with more people moving here because for the last two years, the Treasure Valley has seen more people move to the Treasure Valley than any place mm-hmm. else in the nation. But if you look at the fact that my 2013 Chevy Camaro two years ago was worth about $10,000 and now it's worth $13,000, <laughs> doesn't have anything to do with I've driven it for two years so it's more seasoned, mm-hmm. it's a better car. No, it's a worse car. But it's now $3,000 more expensive than it was two years ago because there's a lack of cars out there for sale. The one that still boggles my mind is that there are certain brands of used cars that are going for more than the new ones. Yeah. And, and, you know, it seems like that's the one thing that couldn't possibly happen. Yeah. And you know that that is. Because why why would you buy a used car? Uh, Why would you buy a used car if you can get the same one, a, a brand new? The reason is because of the lack of, of chips. And cars are made up with hundreds and hundreds of chips. That's yeah. how you run them. And every time that you add an accessory to your car, it, it requires certain amounts of chips. So these new cars, they're brand new, mm-hmm. but they don't have the options that a used car comes with. So if you want all the options, if you want a loaded, yeah, a loaded like, vehicle. It's like our van. It, it is. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Loaded. it's got every safety feature right. there is. Now, if you, and how, what year is your van? Uh, it's last year, 2021. Last, 2021. Yeah. But if you went out right now and tried to sell your tw- yours, if it's loaded with everything mm-hmm. and tried to find another one comparable, I'm guessing it would be very close in price just because yours is loaded and you probably couldn't find a 2022 absolutely loaded yeah, like yours well, is. Well, that's true because at the time we got our 2021, we were looking for a 2022, but they were still shipping the 2021s. Yeah. so Because they'd been you know making them slowly. We'll take a break here. Uh, one more segment on the way. 208-336-3700, pound 670 on your Verizon Wireless. Last chance for you to uh, get in and participate in the show if you would like. KBY News Time is 947. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. A uh, local realtor uh, writes an email. How do I go about getting as much free advertising as Mike's wife? And is Nathaniel single? Um, you you, you got to marry Mike. So you don't want it. Here, here's the other thing. Uh, if you want uh, as much free advertising as Tracy gets, write Cumulus a $30,000 uh, check per year, and you can get just as much free advertising as she does. Remember, there is nothing such as free. It's all paid for. No such thing as a free lunch. No. And yes, Nathaniel is very, 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 very single. Did I get no, enough varies in there? Huh? You're not married. I have a girlfriend, Mike. Yeah, but you're single. You're not married until you're you're not no longer single until you're married. Until she puts a ring on it. This sounds but, vaguely like you saying, um, but there's a chance. There but, is a chance. But he is attached. You yeah. see. You're attached, but you're you are single. All right. Francis uh, in council writes, I drive to a call daily for work. I'll ask drivers who have to take 95 because 55 is closed to relax and enjoy the drive rather than thinking they have to get to where they're going faster than everybody else. We all have to put up with this situation, and uh, the more patient you can be, the better for everyone on the road. Francis is talking about uh, 55 near Smith's Ferry being closed because of a rock slide. Again, it closed at least... Through this afternoon, um, we'll get an update from Idaho Transportation Department on whether or not that will open up later today or sometime this week. But as of right now, um, ITD is saying they are closed at least through um, this afternoon. Okay, then. Uh, Text message, 208-336-3700. The incarcerated 
use commissary items for their money exchange. Things like ramen noodles, soups, and honey buns. Oh, yeah, I bet they use honey buns. Uh, I worked in prison for seven years, both state and federal facilities. Interesting. Hmm. So cigarettes are no longer longer the legal tender in prison. John wrote in. He says this housing issue happens about every 10 years. Then we have a housing bust. I can remember it happening in in the mid-70s, 80s, 90s. Yes, 2008-ish. I say we are overdue for a housing crash. We we are overdue. Um, I don't know necessarily call them a housing crash um, per se. It's like the stock market. You have corrections that come, you know, and, and people say, "Oh my God, you don't want to be in the stock market right now." Look what happened back in two thousand and nine, and and you can look at two thousand and nine and go, "Oh my God, you're right." Two thousand and nine, the average, you know, median housing price dropped to around $250,000 in the Treasure Valley. Well, what is it today? You know, so more. Yeah, it's more. So it made it houses more affordable at the time. And it's like the stock market. It always comes back. You know, housing is a lot like the stock market because people are always going to want a place to live. They're always going to want a home. They're not, you're not going to wake up one day and go, unless you want to become homeless and say, you know what? I don't need a house anymore. So housing is always going to be needed. Wasn't um, George Carlin said a house is just a place to keep your stuff while you go out and get more stuff. <laughs> while you go out and get more stuff. George Carlin it's was... a big pile of stuff with a, a lid on it. Absolutely brilliant. I miss him. That's about all the time we have for today. Oh, one more, Barbara. I want to get this in. It was short. I listen to your program uh, every day because it's the most unbiased and civil. Please do not change anything. Love you guys. That's from Barbara. <laughs> Barbara, we love you, too. Thank you for listening. Thank you to everybody for listening. Uh, Much appreciated, and especially to those of you who participate in the show every day because it is about you. Thank you for participating. We're on a 20-hour break. Chris and I will be back tomorrow to do it all again, let you participate in tomorrow morning's show. Have a great day.